0: What's up everybody, so before the episode starts, I just want to give a quick shout out to all my Patreon supporters Lopez Avila, Dalton of A More Perfect Union, Luli Recinos, The Homie uh, Whiskey J of Rambling Alcoholics, Jose Ramos of uh, Ranting With Ramos And uh, Gil of The Mind Buzz Thank you guys so much for supporting the podcast And if you want to support the Patreon as well you can go to my link tree, uh, which is www.linktr. well, yeah www.linktr.itns. Uh, it has the links to my Patreon. You can become a Patreon supporter for as low as $5 a month and as high as $10 a month. Uh, there's different tiers and stuff like that. Uh, you can subscribe to whatever tier suits you best. Uh, you get exclusive content. You'll get a new podcast or two that will be coming out uh, within the next couple of weeks. You get episodes very early before they drop on Spotify and all the other uh, available platforms. Uh, It's just a good deal all around. So $5 is nothing. $5 is the new dollar of 2023. So if you want some good content, why not subscribe to Inside the North Side Podcast on Patreon? Thank you guys so much and enjoy the episode.
1: Time i go out, no, I, I going
2: to show up. Inside and outside, tell me what you know by. Swinging down the freeway, moving with no delay. 45, now, we do this here, the G Way. Gotta give my cake up, no, I throw the H up. Antoine dry, finger
1: flipping on my haters. I ain't got a ceiling, bump, what you feeling? No side vibes, you know I be big.
0: Alright, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of Inside the Northside Podcast I am your host with the most from the third coast And we are back I am on the Southside Studios, Northside Studios, whatever we call it I'm not, I don't even know, I live on the Southside, but I'm from the Northside, weird um, I have a very special guest here uh, He hails from California, from Los Angeles Uh, I've been following his podcast for a while. I jumped on one of his lives to talk about some issues that uh, have been uh, some very hot topics uh, the last couple of years. Uh, Please give a warm welcome to to Flo.
2: All right. Welcome. Thank you very much uh, for this invitation. I appreciate you for... Uh, having the opportunity to be on here. I know that we haven't really spoken too much, but like you said, when you were on the live, we got to connect. And I wasn't sure, you know, that you were following my podcast that way. I mean, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even know. I know that I had a previous page and I did delete the page. So I'm glad that you still reached out to my, my personal page and we're still connected in that way. And anytime somebody asks you to come on, I mean, I'm always honored because it shows that they're actually listening to what I'm talking about. But sometimes you know when you're podcasting I, I know it can feel like is anybody listening <laughs> to what I'm talking about yeah, right? so,
0: <laughs> yeah I, I yeah, so. exactly know how you feel, especially being like one who's just doing it solo like I've, yeah. I'll talk and I'm just like, does anybody really care? It's like I haven't even yeah. posted this yet, but is anybody really mm-hmm. gonna care but no, like yeah I've been following your your podcast for a while. Some of the people that we that you know I know as well, That's so perfect. we're in that that circle. And, um, yeah, some of the topics that you've talked about and the issues I, I connected with as well. A lot of, you know, uh, Latino issues and stuff like that that I'm very passionate about. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, this guy has some good questions and good answers and stuff like that. Let me let me follow him and check him out. You know, and all the other guys talk about you. They were, you know, uh, uh, Stephen was talking about you. You know, Jose of Ranty with Ramos and everybody else that's a part of the inner circle that we are mm-hmm. in. So I'm like, hell yeah! Like, this dude's pretty cool. I like what he's what he's about, and you know, hopefully I can get him on the podcast. And now here we are.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, that is uh, deep circle. And I, again, I appreciate you for having me on, and I look forward to talking about whatever we, it is we talk about. I am an open book. Whatever you want to ask, I'm here. All right. Well, uh, so
0: you are a native of California. You have been living there your whole life, correct?
2: That is correct. I was born in a. Uh, Lincoln Heights, that is close to East L.A. For those of you who are not familiar with the area, I moved around a lot. You know, LA, L.A. is huge, you know, so mm-hmm. moved around L.A. County a lot. For about four years, I lived in what they call the Wilshire Center. And then from there, I moved to what they call the San Fernando Valley. I was there pretty much my entire life up until I was like 25, 26. Moved out to the Linwood slash Compton area. And then I moved. Here, where I'm at now, currently in Monterey Park, which is, I always say this, it's predominantly Asian. So we definitely stand out here in this area.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. It's-
0: yeah, that's funny. That's where I uh, I stayed in that area when I went to L.A. last year in Monterey Park.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah, that's I was nice.
0: at the Motel 6 by the 7-Eleven. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was there. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you know what? It was a pretty calm Pretty nice. calm there. Pretty quiet. I enjoyed it. I mean, there was maybe the couple of occasions people screaming because of <laughs> certain things. But um, I like that area. It was really quiet. Really nice. really
2: nice. Yeah, I love it here because, you know, you can walk at night. The scariest thing here is uh, coyotes and the skunks, though. You will see them on the street mm-hmm. at night. <laughs> uh, but you don't see no trollos here. You don't see no, no criminals. I know there was a mass shooting recently, you know, uh, in downtown. Monterey Park, but downtown is still a little bit far away from where I live. Mm -hmm. I'm more in the suburban area, so, you know, um, it's fairly quiet, like I said. I love it here. I've been living here for about six years, and I just enjoy the neighborhood. I enjoy being able to walk in my neighborhood because where I grew up, it wasn't always the case. You couldn't do that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I see what you mean. Um, That's a really good privilege to be able to walk at night (laughs) and not have to worry about anything because... Uh, Where I'm at, I mean, we I could do the same, but we have this this like looking over our shoulder kind of thing because you never know, Mm -hmm. you know. But um, I I didn't get that where I was staying at in Monterey Park. I was like, oh man, this is pretty, this is pretty nice. Like nobody, yeah. And and the Coyotes, I did see the Coyotes early in the morning (laughs) too, and I was like, oh wow, that's that's pretty cool. Like it. Uh, I was telling some of the guys before, like, it trips me out because it was my first time in the West Coast, in Los Angeles. And, like, there's a lot of things I I experienced for the first time. You know, seeing the coyotes, uh, seeing the mountains, like, just driving, like, oh, crap, there's mountains. (laughs) Like, we don't have that here. It's just
2: flat. (laughs) Yeah, I've been to Houston before as well. I took a trip to Florida when I was about 26, 27. Mm -hmm. So I passed through Houston just in passing, you know. I got off, I went to Reliant Stadium just to check it out, right? I mean, I was just passing, and yeah. Uh, so I did not see any mountains for sure, you know. <laughs> Once you pass Houston, though, you see a lot of swamps and yeah, you know, and all kinds of stuff. But um, I know that Houston has a big Mexican population as well, right? If I'm correct.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty pretty big Latino or Latin or whatever they want to call it Latinx population and stuff like that, you know. <laughs> yes. um, but, yeah, it's predominantly mainly Hispanic. But um, did you just go to NRG for just to check it out, or were you just was it something there that you uh, were going to?
2: Uh, well, you know, it was in a way, because, like I said, my final destination was Florida. I was mm-hmm. going just to – my goal was to go all the way to Jacksonville. Okay. I want to do a cross-country trip. wasn't able to due to time. But when I passed through Houston, I was like, you know what? I know the Texans play here. I'm not a Texan fan, but, I mean, I just love football. Yeah. And – I'm going to go check out the stadium, take a picture of it. I think at the time it was called Reliance Stadium. I know they changed the name probably today, right? But yeah, I remember it was called Reliance Stadium when I went, and I remember just seeing it. And Okay, you know. Because, I mean, out here, we just got an L.A. team, you know, a couple of years ago. So for years, we didn't have any teams. We had the Coliseum, you know, mm-hmm. that's the played, that the USC and, you know, other teams play. But it's old. I mean, it's not like a, these great football stadiums you see in all parts of the country, so... It's fairly new compared to the Coliseum, for sure. But
0: yeah, yeah. SoFi Stadium and yep. and all the other stadiums. It's, it's I always find it fascinating how L.A. attracts like these football teams. Like you guys brought the Chargers. <laughs> yes, uh, you guys have the Rams now, and it's just like who else are you going to bring to L.A. and give a stadium? Like um, when I went when I was in L.A., I passed through. I don't know if it's I forgot what area, but I was going to Venice. But I was going to go to Glendale for some reason. There was this uh, Tokyo supermarket that I wanted to check out. And uh, I saw SoFi Stadium, and I'm like, wow, that's a huge stadium. It is huge. (laughs) Bigger than NRG. Bigger than NRG.
2: And it's a a good question you ask. Why did they bring the Chargers? I mean, that was the question I asked, too, because L.A. is mainly Raiders. Mm -hmm. Even even though they're not from here, right. I mean, they were at one point. But the argument behind that is that I kid you not, the mayor at the time, Mayor Garcetti, said that if you bring the Raiders, you're going to bring more crime to the city. I thought that was a stereotype. <laughs> to be honest, you know, it, it's stereotyping a lot of Latinos and Blacks. But, yeah. You know, that's a different story. So, are you a Raiders fan, or you, or who do you, who do you root for? Bucks fan. I don't know if you can see the hats in the back. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's why I was going to Florida. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's that's, yeah, that's do you. <laughs> Yeah, that is true. There isn't a lot of Bucks fans, and I was a Buck fan before the Brady situation. I'm still a Buck fan. I know he retired mm-hmm. recently, but been a Buck fan pretty much my entire life. And I wanted to go to Tampa as well, but that would have been even more more time. Yeah, but just, just just seeing the the difference, though. I mean, the even Texas, Texas is huge. It's like what 800 miles across the using the 10 freeway.
0: Yeah, it's huge. a lot of
2: nothing down there too. You know, up until you get to San Antonio and Houston, and you know, and a couple of other cities, but. I just wanted to see uh, what the country is like because if you just stay in one bubble and don't get to experience different parts of the the country, right? Then you'll you won't know what it's like. And even when I when I passed through Mississippi, right of all places, Mississippi, mm-hmm. they told me not to stop. They said, "Don't stop in Mississippi because it's you know racist, you know, and all that stuff." Right? I was I'm gonna stop in Mississippi. Yeah, you no, know, just just to see, check it out by myself. And there, I, I as soon as I got off the the car and went to the what they call I guess the rest stops or whatever yeah the individual that was there out of all the people that 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 could have been there I mean this guy it's like he he was expecting me because at the time too I was going through a lot of stuff and I wanted to heal and it's like yeah you know what are you doing here he asked me like are you like where are you from right and I was gonna answer his question he just started talking to me about love and healing and pain and I was like what the hell is this (laughs) this guy like an angel or something like what's going on here right but yeah Out of all the places they told me not to stop, Mississippi, we had this uh, South Asian guy in the middle of, like, all these white folks talking about having conversations about healing and love. And that's what I needed at the time.
0: Yeah, see, the whole stereotype of not stopping in certain places is kind of old now. Because even in in Texas, there's two places – well, there's a couple places – uh, Orange, Texas, Vider, Texas, and Jasper, Texas are places you're not supposed to stop because they're predominantly white. They could be racist. There's a lot of, you know, history behind all that racism and KKK, whatever, whatnot. It's funny because I travel to Vider and Orange, Texas because of my job and nicest people out there. I wow. stop, I go to like the gas stations, I go to the. Nobody looks at me differently. Like, I was thinking about that today. Like, the whole stereotypes of, like, oh, don't stop here because they're, you know, you could get lynched. I'm like, it's it's so old now. Like, yes. these people are kind of over that. Like, they don't really care, honestly. I And honestly, after, like, the whole George Floyd stuff that was going on, a lot of those people kind of changed their tune, even when they were, like, I guess racist, they're just like, Well, why are we why are we like this? Like Yes. We we can we can have our own decisions, our own choices of how we want to be. We don't have to follow what uh our fathers or our grandfathers, how they were acting or how they were treating people. So but Absolutely. It's I I've stopped through like Mississippi and all that too when we were going to Florida. I think we were going to Disney World. Orlando. Yeah. And yeah you know same thing but nice people the southern people are very nice people they i don't are. know why yeah. people like don't stop in mississippi Oh, i mean honestly i wouldn't stop in mississippi there, <laughs> there ain't nothing there anyways <laughs> i still wouldn't even stop yeah. but um yeah southern people are very nice very very nice people they can be yeah. assholes but we're we're predominantly nice people
2: <laughs> i mean i mean i understand where it comes from obviously that historically they were not the nicest people yeah. to people of color and the people who tell you this probably lived during that time and or know somebody who did. So I understand where that comes from. Like you said, I think today racism is not really a big deal like it was 50, 60 years ago. Mm -hmm. And now you have laws that protect us. This is what I was telling somebody recently, right? Because they sent me a video about, I don't know if you know about the Mexican repatriation.
0: No, I haven't heard about that.
2: The early 1920s or 30s, I think, right after the the during the Depression, basically. Right? Okay. So Mexicans and Mexican Americans were deported. They were sent to Mexico, right? So during this time, the INS or you know whatever you want to call it, a Homeland Security, went into barrios. They picked up anybody who looked Mexican and just put them in trains and just sent them back, right? So this actually happened. This is not a, this is not one of these conspiracy theories or whatever, right? There's evidence of this. People who lived through this, who talked about this. So what I was telling this person who sent me this, I said, look, like, th- did this happen, right? It, it definitely happened. But today that won't happen simply because we have laws that actually protect us.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: People can argue that that's not the case. You know, we have police shootings, you know, in the barrios, you know, and those are, there's other factors to that. It's easy to, easy to say, oh, it's because of racism, right? I mean, I'm sure there is some profiling involved, but what things were 50, 60 years ago or not even close to what they are today, I think most of us can probably safely say that we have not experienced racism face-to-face. Maybe, you know, people have attitudes towards us, but they're not going to tell us to our face. Back in the day, you know, you walked on the wrong side of town and you're going to get your ass kicked. Yeah. So it's a big difference, you know? So I think there is that. Obviously, people are changing their minds too, but even if they didn't, there's laws that we can use to actually protect this and back before the Civil Rights Act, that that was not the case. You could not... You're basically you know baked to for anybody to take
0: yeah it's crazy it's it's really yes. crazy like how some people kind of still act like that and like in a in twenty twenty three it's wild to think that there are some people like that and actually i met i have a story about that some some uh some older gentleman was racist I could feel the racism towards me so mm. last year well was it last year or was it twenty twenty one Um, well, we'll see last year. So last year I was working for Goodwill. I'm a truck driver. So, um, what I was doing at the time for Goodwill is I would go to the smaller donation centers for Goodwill. I would get all their stuff and take it to the bigger stores. So this one particular store that I went to, uh, this older white gentleman, uh, he could, you could tell he was a good old boy. He just had the over. He had the overalls. <laughs> he just had the southern draw, and um, I knocked on the door and like, hey, I'm here to pick up y'all stuff. And he looks at me. He just he just stares at me for a minute. And I'm like, okay, like I know where this is going. I was like, I've been here before. I'm not, I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna play stupid. So anyways, he starts he starts asking my name, and I tell him, and he looks at me. He's like, you're not you're not Greek. Because my name's Ulysses. What? Like, you know, Ulysses. Ulysses. He's like, Oh, you're Ulysses. not Greek? Yes. And I'm like, I mean, I could be. He's like, No, you're a little too dark to be Greek. And I'm like, oh. Damn. Okay. <laughs> it's like, here we go. Um Me, I'm just like, whatever. Like, I don't really care when they say stuff like that. Um yes. But uh, I went back into the store and I'm starting to get stuff, and he was like, uh He was like, uh that's some pretty nice stuff in there. Don't don't try to steal it, you know. And I'm like, I'm. What are you talking about? Like, why why would I steal something that was donated? Like that. <laughs> even though there are people that that do that, there. Um. Yeah. This every time I see this guy, he gave me a hard time, and I'm just like, I'm like, dude, I'm not. <laughs> like, whatever your perception of who you think I am because of how I look is not how I am. Like. A lot of people have done that before, even not you know, even being racist, but like they assume like oh this guy's like this, and I'm like if you get to know me, you might like me. But this yes. man never got the chance because he already had in his mind that you know this darky, whatever you know, what he thinks is like maybe he's bad news or whatever. so a just, bad hombre. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I had told management I was like, hey, I don't like going here when this guy's here because he's. Uh, I could sense, you know, him being kind of racist. And they're like, okay, yeah, don't worry about it. We'll talk to him. And I was just like, it's, wow, like, why can't be like that? Like, it's, it, I don't know. It's it's just, it's still wild to think people have that that mindset still. You yeah. Know?
2: See, they're, out here in L.A., you don't really see white folks mm-hmm. that way because a lot of them have money, right? I think that's more common in areas where there's blue-collar white folks. Mm-hmm or more conservative. You do have your white liberals here who are not racist in a way where they'll say stuff to you like that, but they'll still look at you like some kind of zoo animal, right? Or mm-hmm. they go into places and they're like, oh, you know, like what they call white savory complex, where they feel like they need to fix things oh, for yeah. you or, you know, and they're like, oh, poor little Mexicans, you know, they're not <laughs> going to say that, but that's probably what they're thinking, right? Yeah. Um, so uh, we have those out here. We have those who who I think have good intentions, but because they're so privileged and they don't understand what they're doing, right? Or they don't know how to interact with people. Let me give you an example. I work for an organization in South Central LA, mm-hmm. and basically, our organization is funded through private donors. So whatever whatever we get, um, whatever money we get is through, you know, anybody who has money, right? So we have a gala, what they call a gala every year, and we have to raise money, so literally we're kind of, I guess begging for it, if you want to call it that right? Yeah. and that year I was I was scheduled to go and you go and dressed up, you know you, you're, you, you know you're going to be with, with a bunch of people who have money. So I'm there, right? I, I clearly do not have the uniform of the people who work there, so I have, have a blazer, you know have some jeans, you know have some boots, whatever. And then this white guy, right, who happens to be rich, is like, "Hey, can I get another uh, another beer or another uh, whatever?" I'm like, "Dude, I'm not here I'm not here for that. I'm here to work with my organization, I'm raising money. I'm not a, I'm not a waiter." Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm sorry, you know, but again, that that's the kind of stuff you deal with here is it's a little condescending. It's not like, "Hey, beaner," you know, or Spick or wetback, right? You don't deal with that stuff here. It's more of a "let me save you," right? So <laughs> it, it's it's. I mean, I've gotten to a point where it doesn't bug me mm-hmm. because I've gotten. I understand that even though they have good intentions, they just don't know how to communicate them. So, you know, I, I think people who live in different areas and experience it face to face, like you probably did, right, in, in Texas and other parts of of the United States, where it's a little more common. I understand. And when I interact with people like that, I'm like, oh, okay, I mean, that makes sense. But out here in L.A. or really California, I mean, unless you go to, like, really secluded towns, mm-hmm. you're not going to see it. Hmm. Yeah,
0: I did enjoy my, uh, my stay in L.A. It was really nice. I, I drove all the way from, like, from Chino to Venice, from Burbank oh, wow. to Anaheim. Yeah, I went all around L.A. I was just like, look, I'm here for seven days. I might as well check it out. Um, I did one thing that I I, I don't think I'll ever do again because it kind of scared me. So I uh, some reason got this bug and I was like, let me go to to the Hollywood, you know, Hollywood sign at like 12 o'clock at at night. Yeah, not not a good idea. (laughs) So I I went and... uh, to my surprise, there was a lot of people there. And I was like, okay, yeah. this is cool. I was like, all right. I, I wanted to, because I went to West Hollywood. My friend told me, check out West Hollywood. Check out the, the um, you know, the, the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Check out all this cool stuff. I was like, nice. I took him for his word. I was like, all right, you live here cool. So I went and turned a day, and there's some stories that I've talked about in my, um, I did an episode talking about, like, my L.A. trip, and there's some stories that I talked about when I first went to, uh, to Hollywood. Um, but it's yeah, so weird as we call it. Yeah, <laughs> well, fits the name. It fits the yes. name perfectly. Yes. So, like I said, I got this bug, and I was just like, you know what? I was in my hotel. I was like, I don't, I want to do something. So, I took my rental car, drove around Hollywood, took some pictures, and I was like, okay, this is Hollywood at night, kind of close to like twelve in the morning. Um, like I said, went to the the Hollywood sign, and I was like, okay, this is cool. I was kind of disappointed a little bit because. How we see it's like it's all lit up and the lights, so you can see yes, the sign. Yes. So I get there and it's dark, and I'm like, okay, well I can't see nothing. <laughs> it's like <laughs> this is not a good picture. No, um, it's not. So, but it was it, it was gorgeous because you can see the city and the lights. So it was really it was really nice. Um, but going back down uh, was really kind of scary for me because, like I said, I'm not used to mountains. We mm-hmm. have hills, but that's kind of like in Austin, so. We don't really travel that much there. But me, I'm going through these curves and these hills, and it's super pitch black, and it's super dark, and there's a couple things going through my mind. I'm like, A, I might see a mountain lion. B, I might see a serial killer. Or C, I might see Sasquatch. Who knows? I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) see going down these, these Hollywood hills. Um but it was really, it was really scary for me because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want something to happen to this car. I don't want to see something. I don't, you know, like it was really weird. But luckily, I got down and I was just like, I don't think I ever want to do that again.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if you're night. gonna do that next time, if you're gonna do that next time, go with somebody you know. Cause yeah, if you don't know the, if you don't know the trails, and you can definitely get lost. And I haven't seen any mountain lions there, but for sure there's coyotes and other creatures. Yeah. Oh no Sasquatch though. I haven't seen him yet. <laughs> the or, Hollywood you're, you're, Sasquatch. I think uh, you'll probably see some uh celebrities that are not gonna be too friendly as well. So you know <laughs> But it was it was cool because I drove I saw the
0: Hollywood uh Hollywood Bowl, or I guess that's what it's called. Um yes. I drove yes. all around. I just it was just nice. It nice. was just nice. I was experiencing, I was just checking in, I was just feeling the whole vibes. And then I went to Anaheim, I went to an Angels game. Okay. Uh, the Astros were playing cause I'm, I'm a big Astros fan. So I
2: see that my, my yeah. team
0: was, was playing. So, um, I went and it, they have a very nice stadium. Like it's really gorgeous. The background, like you like I said, the mountains and all that. Um, and just, I don't know. I just, I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to drive around. And I drove around and I don't know. I really enjoyed driving around LA at night. Cause it's, this is, it's like a different vibe, I guess.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're in the right areas, I think you could definitely. Yeah. I mean, you went to the right places, you know, so for sure.
0: <laughs> so, are are you a baseball fan as well?
2: Uh, no, I'm, I mean, I I enjoy seeing playoffs, but not not like this. Not like a, I think the only fan I'm up, like, actually, an actual fan is football. I mean, I play other sports, but football has been something I followed since I was like seven. Oh okay, so you're yeah. a big football fan. Okay, that's cool. Basically, yeah, that's
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a. i am like all kinds of sports. I'm soccer, yeah. football, basketball, baseball, hockey, um, whatever is a sport. I'll watch. You know, I I I just enjoy it. It's so fun. Um, you know, I used to play baseball when I was younger, so that's kind of like my love for it came from. And then especially from like my my dad and my my grandfather. My grandfather's, they all love baseball, so it kind of passed down to me, and I just, I remember going to, like, the Astrodome and checking all these games in the early 2000s and stuff like that, like my grandparents would take me, and that's, that's I became a big baseball fan. Okay. Basketball fan, of course, too, with the Rockets. The Rockets aren't doing well, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then football, I used to be a Texans fan, um, okay. but you know how that's working out.
2: Deshaun <laughs> Watson. Yeah. Really you guys over. So,
0: yeah. Well, honestly, to be honest with you, conspiracy theory time. Uh, right. I th- I mean, obviously, I feel like they set him up for that. For that, mm. like, but I think somebody also knew that that was some some kind of thing that he was into. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I I really? personally believe that there are other NFL players Do doing the same exact thing. They just haven't got caught. But Deshaun Watson was the escape goat, and it's like, let's get this guy out. Let's just do something. Because it was was really wild to to see that. Like, they wanted this guy so much. Like, they were already like, he's the Michael Jordan of football. He's going to do this. this." You know, they were just giving him so much praise. And then the Texans get him and then just say, there you go. We're just going to screw you over. And, you know. After that, I was just like, "Ah, I don't. That is a very good point. Yeah, it's really nobody wants to admit it here. Everyone kind of wants to. um, I mean, obviously, what he was doing is not acceptable because I do believe that he was doing that, and and some of that stuff was, you know, some of those people were doing that and were forced to do that. Um, but a lot of people like don't really fuck with the Texans anymore. I don't i so I went to my my number two pick, which was my number two pick for the longest time yeah, was, uh, no, no no <laughs> no 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 i would rather uh I'd rather probably probably die interesting, interesting. <laughs> i'm a I'm an eagles fan so oh,
1: okay yeah, so I'm
0: okay. a philly Duffy Eagles fan, and uh that's that's been my that's been my number two for the longest time. I've always been an eagles fan. Just not super close like how I was with the Texans. Like, I would go and support. Um, but, yeah, after all that stuff, I kind of was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to my number two pick. And I'm more happy now as a fan because they're, they're a good team. Right. They're winning. They went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they lost. But, you know, hey, at least they got there.
2: So Well, they got Jalen Hurts. You know, he's pretty good. Yeah, so. and he's from,
0: from Houston as well. He's from Channelview, oh, okay. which is nice. like – um, in my, in, in the perspective, he's kind of like the, uh, uh, no, he's, well, like Chino is 30 minutes away from LA, right? About, yeah. Yeah. It would, I would say that it's like Chinoview is like the Chino of <laughs> of Houston, but okay. it's more, um, like not refineries, but, uh. I guess you can say companies that deal with oil and stuff like that, you know, the ports of Houston and stuff like that. So, but yeah, he's from Houston. So he's doing pretty big things and I know some people that know him. So I was like, all right, that's cool. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I guess, support the hometown kid. So
2: makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But um, other than that, man, yeah, I I like sports and uh, I'm also a big music fan as well. So I, I'm a musician. So I've been playing music oh, nice. since I was since I was ten. So, nice. do you
2: play any music? Uh, no. I mean, I used to MC back when I was younger. Oh, the name really? Flores. Oh, yeah.
0: I I remember yeah. you talking about that. Yeah, that's oh, where I got the name. Nice. Yeah. Well, how long were you well, doing I, that for?
2: Um. Well, I got the name actually before I was doing hip hop. I got the name. That was just a nickname that I got, mm-hmm. and then I just used it when I was MCing. But I started to write lyrics when I was about 15 and did that for about six years. And then I started to actually record music and then perform. I think the biggest, the biggest performance we had was, I don't know if you know who Nipsey also is. Yeah. So this is when he was first coming up. We opened up for, for him. Right. That was our, our last show as a group. Cause I used to have a group, mm-hmm. including my brother, just a couple of friends that, You know, we were pretty much doing things organically. We weren't, we weren't no label or nothing like that. We were just doing it ourselves, right? You know, we were younger, we were in our 20s. And so I did that up until my late 20s when when I met my wife. And then once I met her, then I just kind of lost the, I guess, the motivation. I also always told myself, I said, I don't want to be a 30 year old rapper. You know, once I hit 30, and then it doesn't matter if I'm famous or not, I I don't want to be, I just didn't feel comfortable with the idea of being a rapper at 30. Hmm. I I always thought that was that was a young man's, you know. I guess uh, profession. And even though I don't look old, I think that uh, I just didn't see myself doing that kind of music at that age. And you know, I, but I did put out four mixtapes, and like I said, I performed in venues, and so you know, uh, I, I stuck with the name because it's a name that again I've I've used for years prior to hip hop. A lot of people who know me closely, that's what they call me. They don't call me my name. They call me Flow. Mm-hmm. You know, and I figured, well, I mean, if that's the name people call me, I just will keep using it when it comes to podcasting. And I've stuck with it, even though when I first started the podcast, it was known as Rasa Stamp Podcast. And I know a lot of folks asked me why I changed it. The big reason why I changed the name was because I was doing more things that just were Rasa related. So I wanted to ensure that whatever I was doing would encompass. Them. And I figured Flow is perfect you know flow football with flow fitness with flow you know flow sessions right everything goes with flow yeah And i think it's the perfect name for what i'm doing and yeah i mean that's how that's how i got the name and so i did i did uh was involved in the music scene for i want to say almost 15 years you know if you want to count all those years of me starting but uh yeah, it was fun. You know, it was fun while it lasted. I, I, I had a blast. No regrets. I look back on my music now and I'm like, man, i man, I can't believe I was saying that stuff, you know, at, at that age. And, and now I, I, I do this, you know, so I'm a creative. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do. You know, I yeah. love to create things and whether it's music or writing because I'm also, that's the goal, to, to write eventually my own book on historical fiction. Nice. Since, you know, I read a lot and and the way I started, to was because I taught for 10 years as well. Okay. Right? And when I was teaching, I was looking for content that was culturally relevant, could not find stories on our people that were that specific. You know, you had your typical Cesar Chavez stories, you know, the stuff that people talk about. But not the nitty-gritty de- details that I love to talk about. I couldn't find them anywhere in any books. And I'm like, why am I even looking for stuff? I know this stuff. I can write. Let me do it. Mm-hmm. right? And it was also a way to test to see if people were going to like my stuff. So the only people who have read my stuff are students. Nobody has read my stuff, but the overwhelming majority of the kids who've read stuff like it. So that's a good sign, you know, to, to continue to write and to continue to hopefully publish soon. Just, you know, working out the major details and making sure that I have everything correct. And As a historian, I, I that's what I pride myself in, is to, to give you stuff that's correct and not conspiracy theories or opinions, you know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with those things, but I don't want to talk about things that are not real if they're not backed by evidence. Yeah. You know? so that's, especially, that's
0: my especially if you're doing historical fiction. Like, you've got to have yes. your history correct. You don't want to just throw in something that's not real and then it kind of yes. screws up the whole story.
2: Absolutely. So,
0: so, I love history. History is yeah. one of my favorite subjects in school and even even before, even now, like, I just like learning the history of so many things. Uh, I don't know if you guys have this in California, but when you get to fourth or fifth grade here in Texas, you start learning about Texas history.
2: Yes. And it's like a so whole
0: well, yeah. week of, like, Texas history, and, and, like, they make you dress up. <laughs> they take you to historical landmarks. Um, like, we have the, uh, the San Jacinto Monument that's kind of close to Channel View, so... Um, The school that I was going to Would take us to that monument And on a good day Sometimes they would reenact The the Battle of San Jacinto And and stuff like that It's a very very nice uh, statue a statue but it's like a monument You can go inside They have shops They have like a little museum You go up all the way to the tippy top And you can see Like it's really nice And um, it used to be Maybe like Couple, of my, not a couple of miles, but if you go a little bit ways down, there was um, one of the World War II ships. I forgot the name of the ship, um, but it was kind of like a combo. So you would like just learn about Texas history and stuff like that. You know, World War II history and then you know early Texas history. So nice. I, I loved going to that. That was like my favorite part of learning stuff like that. And I actually wanted to be a history teacher. Um, but the only reason why I didn't become one is because my my older cousin my older cousin discouraged me from it because he's an history teacher. Ah, uh, sucks. And he was like, "Look, you don't want to do this." He's like, "I do this, and I don't even like it anymore." He's like, "Just don't." He's like, "Do something else." And I was like, "Okay, whatever."
2: <laughs> I
0: was like, no. "Man, that sucks."
2: You know that I mean that his yeah. experience, you know, changed the trajectory of of your life. I mean, I'm sure that if you would have done that, maybe you would have enjoyed it. I mean, I, I taught for 10 years and I, I understand what he's talking about. I mean, after a while, you do kind of kind of get burned out. Mm-hmm. For me, it wasn't even the subject matter. I'm always in love history, too. I mean, I've been... I majored in history, I mean, when I was in college, so that's the only thing that kept me from going to school because I didn't like school growing up. Yeah. Uh, but going back to elementary as well, we... In, in the fourth grade, we have California history as well. We learn about the missions and obviously this is the 1990s, so the the narrative on the missions is a lot more different than it is today, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but even then, I mean, I think I was—I honestly—I was really privileged to have really good teachers that love history as well. I remember watching Roots in fifth grade. I don't know if you ever seen Roots or not. I—I
0: I don't think I have.
2: So Roots is—is it is based on a book, right? It's—I think his name is something Haley. I forget the name, but. It's it's kinda of like historical fiction. The guy writes about his African ancestry, how his first African ancestry came here to the Americas, and but the brutality in that show, this is the 1970s when it came out. It was like a almost like a novella, I guess you thought call it that, right? But this teacher, I don't know how she got away with it, but she showed us this thing, fifth grade. You seen you seen the guy get whipped, he's bleeding, you know. So you got to see what it was. And that to me was just like, it didn't scare me. I was just like, man, how can people be this brutal or this this horrible to to somebody else? And that got me into history. And then uh, when I was in eighth grade, same thing, great history teacher. And then in the 10th grade, that was probably my favorite one because he was Chicano, right? He was actually a Chicano teaching history. And he was the first one to really encourage me to go into teaching Mm -hmm. and to talk about history. We used to have these like debates and quizzes. And I was always the one picked, obviously, to to be like the one who was going to speak for for the the team, right? Because I, I would just memorize things like easily and, because I loved it. So and when it was time for me to apply for college, I'm like, well, I don't like math. I don't like English. What do I like? History. What am I going to do with this? I don't know, but I like it. So... Did it for, you know, for, I guess I said, 10 years. And now I'm, I'm I think because of, the, of all the IG lives that I did, I, I think that also changed the trajectory of my my life, ironically, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you know, I think I should be doing something else. I think that I've, I've taught for so long, and I think I want to reach adults now to talk about things that I think are important. So like the topics you were in when you jumped in that life. Was, is now what I'm doing now in person. You know with with uh still with kids, you know, young adults. Yeah. But they're not little kids anymore. So um yeah, I mean I I I can see why he would get bored. I think maybe it was the population he was teaching as well.
1: Uh well, sure. my
0: cousin can be uh he can be a sourpuss I
2: don't <laughs> he um
0: he I don't really see him that much. He's like my older cousin. Um okay. there was there's Pockets of time where um, My dad and his older brother Would make amends And be cool again And then I would hang out with my cousins um, It's not like that anymore uh, Ever since my, my my grandparents passed Now everyone's kind of like Doing their own thing But yeah at that time my cousin Just Sounds like alright whatever um, But it didn't Discourage me from not like, learning more, like, history and stuff like that. Because I like learning, like, music history. Like, since I'm a musician, I like learning about certain groups and their history of their band and how they started with this and music and how they wrote this. And it seems like it's useless knowledge to some people, but I enjoy it, and I like giving people little facts about certain groups and stuff like that, like the Eagles or whatever else, groups that I'm into. So it... it I like learning, like I said, I like learning music history. That's one of my favorite things right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, history is everything, right? So when people say they hate history, I'm like, how can you hate history? Because it's history and everything. So you just talked about a specific history. You talked about music. Excuse me, that's what you're passionate about, right? You're passionate about music. So you would like to learn more about about it. Some people say history is boring. I think usually they're referring to the history they were taught in school and if you don't teach history correctly, it is boring. If yeah. you just throw out facts without any kind of context, it is boring. But when you teach history and you personalize it, I think most people will connect to it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But I mean, you can you can even say that us listening to music is history. Yes. Like us listening to like if we learn to listen to music from like the 60s and the 70s, we are learning to we are lear- listening to history because Absolutely. it's at that moment in time this person wrote this song about whatever was going on at the situation like Marvin Gaye or Carlos Santana or anybody what what they were writing about it's like we are listening to history like it's so like you said how can somebody say they don't like history but yet they listen to it almost every day
2: <laughs> yep
0: mm-hmm. so, um, but what got you into podcasting? What was the, like the thing that drew you into like wanting to do, stuff
2: like that? Like I said, I'm a creative, so I like to create things, right? And I remember during 2020, like probably like everybody else, they were just listening to a bunch of stuff and hearing the the theories and you know what's going on, right? So naturally, I'm a pretty opinionated guy. I like to say my opinion. Mm -hmm. on things and topics. I was doing it through my personal account. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to go and and create a new one because most of the people who follow me or I follow have the same perspective. And I found myself getting frustrated with what was being talked about because I knew it wasn't true. And when people don't research and they don't do their homework, then they're easily swayed, right? So... I went out creating my own page with a fellow colleague of mine. And now I actually met through podcasting him. He was doing his own thing and I pitched the idea to him and he created the logo or whatever. So I said, Hey, look, uh, I have these topics. I really want to talk about. I want to talk about policing in the barrios. I want to talk about single parent households, racism, right? you know, I mean, the things that people talk about, mm-hmm. but I'm going to bring in data. I'm going to bring in facts I'm still gonna give you my opinion, but I'm always gonna back it up with facts. So this happened back in 2021, I think of March, and you know we we had 11 episodes or whatever, right? We it was just me and him, just like this on Zoom, just I guess shooting the shit. We weren't we we weren't going live or nothing like that yet, because we figured, well, I mean nobody knows us. I mean who's gonna listen to us, right? And then <clears throat> I said, look, I think it'd be a great idea if we open up our podcast to the audiences and i noticed that most people who podcast they love to talk obviously they love to share opinions or whatever but not a lot of podcasters actually you know open up their platform to the community or to people that listen to them Mm -hmm. so i figured okay whoever's listening to us let's hear what they got to say about a a specific topic so we would put up these topics it would go live and then First, it was just our listeners, then it was the friends of listeners, and then it was friends of friends of friends, right? So it began to grow slowly. And that's really how, how I became more motivated to, okay, well, now people are listening. Now they actually want to say something, right? I figured, well, might as well just keep going with this and see where it goes. And It was mainly political in the beginning, mm-hmm. but then I began to enter my history stuff. I figured, okay, well, now I got them. Now they're listening. Now let's talk about the stuff I really I really like and it's history. So and then um I just I was doing a lot, right? I am a family man, I'm married, I have a child, so I figured I can't continue to just spend time on this. I need to also have a balance, right? So I took a sec back, I, I deleted the page because I figure I, I, I started to notice that I spending too much time on it, DMing, promoting the page, promoting the, the videos. And I, I mean, as a podcaster, that's what you got to do, right? You have to mm-hmm. push your stuff out there if you want people to hear it. But I, I, began, I began to focus more on, okay, who's listening? You know, how many views did it get today, right? And I'm like, all right, I get that. But is that why I'm doing this? Am I doing this for people to be like, oh, look, he, this, this guy is so good at what he's doing, right? So I took a step back. I deleted the page but I I told I told my followers that look if you want to follow me go to my personal account I will still create content I'm only deleting, deleting the page because if you really want to listen to my content then you go subscribe to YouTube subscribe to Apple whatever podcast whatever you need to, to do right mm-hmm. and after doing that I felt a lot better because now I don't have to worry about promoting it I don't have to worry about People DMing me saying, Oh, you're stupid because you believe in this, right? Or whatever. Now it's just I'm I'm gonna make content. I'm gonna put it on my personal page. And whoever listens to it, cool. If they don't care, then it doesn't bug me anyway, you know? So I'm still making content, like I said, and it's it's all history now. It's just things that I think people don't know or they might know, but they don't know the full story.
0: Yeah. I can I can attest to that that being a podcaster it will pull you away from a lot of things. Uh I it had messed up my relationship a little bit here and there cuz I was so focused on I got to put I got to make content. Before before last year I was doing episodes every week. So I was constantly having to find a guest, I was constantly having to find content to to put out, what was I going to talk about? You know, I had scheduling, so it was it was burning me out honestly. And, you know, I was spending, like you said, spending time trying to promote, seeing who's listening, who's following. Like, those are things that I feel like we shouldn't really worry about. But there are people that I know that will check their stats to see who's listening. And if their listens aren't meeting what their expectations are, it's like, well, I don't want to do this anymore. And it's like, well, what were you doing this in the first place? You're doing this in the first place to put out what you wanted to put out. It's not like a it's not a popularity contest. Oh who's listening? Who's giving me the more listens? Like I stopped worrying about that. I mean I look at my stats and be like, Okay, this episode did pretty well. That's it. You You know? How many listens am I getting through the day? Okay, that's fine. I really don't care about how many listens I got, you know, this and this and that. It's just I'm putting out content, you know. I'm putting out content for people to listen to. If I start caring about everything else, then I'm going to lose my focus and I'm going to lose my my drive and my passion to do this. And once I get a whiff of like, oh, it's not doing well, I don't want to do this anymore. You know. I even though I'm not like that, but there have been times where I'm like, why do I why do I even do this? Like nobody's listening. I don't have the listens of this episode. Nobody cares, nobody's like you know, I've been there before. But now I'm more I'm more laid back. Like I, I gave myself space and time. Because like I said, I was doing episodes every week, so now I do episodes every other week. And I give myself time to do things, you know, um go out with friends, spend time with my family, uh spend time by myself, you know. I I've given myself that 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 space bef- that I didn't have before, and I am more happier now than I, I was when I was beginning to podcast because I don't have that stress and that worry anymore. So, but yeah, I can I can see yeah. why it would be an issue and why it would be like, well, you feel better now, and I I am happy you feel better now because I hate to see some people just like who are so um invested in it and then like get burned they're down to, like I don't want to yeah they stop and it's just like nah I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, yeah, but you were doing so good. You were doing so well. Like everybody likes what you're you're putting out. Like why give up? You know, there's some people that I know they're like that. And it's like I'm the person that uh wants to encourage people. I'm like like hey man, like I like your content. Like keep going. Like it's good. It's good, you know. Um sometimes I might not get it back myself. But, um, I I like doing that for people because I, you know one small compliment can improve their day, can improve their 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 attitude towards what they're doing, and you know maybe make their uh, content a hundred times better. You never know, you know.
2: Absolutely, so. yeah. I mean, it's it's that one person right that you might not have the thousand views or whatever it is today people are doing, but if you get one person to comment. Or say, hey, you know, I, I really enjoyed this episode. That to me, it's like inspiring to continue because even if, like I said, even if it's one person, because that means that somebody actually took the time to listen to whatever, however long your podcast was and give you some feedback on it. You know, because most people don't. Most people, even if you listen to it, they don't go out of the way to add their opinion. Even, even if it was something they didn't agree with. You know, mm-hmm. it's still it's still good to see that they engaged in conversation. But yeah, man, I mean, I, I definitely agree with you on on how things can affect relationships. I mean, I can only imagine. I'm sorry that's what happened to you. You know, there was uh,
0: there was more to it. But uh, yeah, my my ex would get upset. She's like, "You're always on your phone." She's like, "I was like, yeah, I have to promote the yeah.
2: episode." She was like, "That yeah, was me." <laughs> it's like oh, that was me too. You know? yep. Same here yeah She's like, who are you talking to? You know what's going on, right? Whatever. But I mean, she knew I was doing this as well. I mean, she she she's known I've been doing this, and she knows I'm a creative, right? So I need to create things to be to be to feel happy, even if it's nobody listening at the end of the day. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I mean, I I guess it's been what, not two years now since I've been doing this, and like I said, to me, it's about making content that I think people are gonna consume and are gonna like. It's not for everybody. You know, it's very specific. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, uh, I think I'm going to stick to this and, and I'm going to continue to, to, to share the things that I know because there's a lot of stuff that I know. And I think with our people, right? Chicanos, Latinos, Rasa, whatever you want to call us, there is, and I love if you. Have if you encountered this, uh, in your, you know, time pod- with podcasting is that, there's a lot of ego tripping, mm. you know, with, with podcasters, but also with people who listen to your podcast or just people in the community who think that what you're saying needs to be said this way or you should be focusing on this, right? And ironically for me, the biggest haters in my DMs or just in all my podcasting are those who are super Chicanos or they call it Giganosaurus.
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Uh, the natives, right. All those people who are like super into the, the the ethnicity thing. They've been my worst critics and they haven't been very nice. And I mean, I don't I don't really care about people's opinions about me. I, I mean, I, it doesn't bu- it doesn't bug me, but it's always ironic to see that because you, you would think that they would be your biggest supporters. But I got whites and blacks and other people listening to this thing saying, oh, I don't even know this, you know, and, and they, they support it and then the folks who claim to want to support our people are the most critical and it sucks you know that that uh that that continues to be the case for a lot of people and you know um like i guess i'm gonna keep doing what i'm doing yeah if it upsets them you know that's not my fault that's on them
0: and it's funny because uh we were talking about the live that you did that uh that i jumped on that that question still Like it still pops up in my head Like why Why don't Latinos like Come together and i It's just something I think about almost every other Day and I'm like Why don't we and I was thinking about it today Too and I was just like Why like how Is it not possible like How is it that we are the biggest I guess you could say group Of people in the the world And we can't come together for shit (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, we can, because we're, we're always fighting for scraps, you know, That's what it is, yep. and it's just it's all the cliques and, you know, because when I used to work for the the school district, uh, there were a couple of cliques of Latinos. And there were the older ones that kind of, I guess, hung around each other because, you know, they're all older. There was the Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. and then there was the Mexicans and then there was... Uh, it was just those, but it, I always found it funny. Like the Puerto Rican ones would never integrate with the Mexicans, and I'm like, "Yo, we're we should be like uniting." Like, I mean, even if you don't like me, we should still yes. be, yes. you know, uh, looking out for each other and stuff like that. But it's like, it's like no, <laughs> like we only. It was so. It's so wild to see that. Like now we just hang out with Puerto Ricans, and I was like, that's uh. It's kind of weird like why but i I've, I've talked to other people and they're like yeah they're just like that you know yep, I mean, that's, yep. we're the same as well you know like yep. like oh we're just gonna hang out with the mexicans you know and it's like why don't why don't you hang out with somebody else i was like no nah, we're fine
2: <laughs> i like we like who we are you know i think i think it comes down to to also like culture and what i mean by culture is your beliefs your your uh traditions right So even though Puerto Ricans and Mexicans have some similarities, they also have a lot of differences. And even in your own household, I mean, you know, you can have your family doesn't do the same things that you do, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's natural human nature to be tribal. As long as we can, I mean, as long as we are able to, people are going to be tribal. And there's individuals who, again, claim to want to help, but I think because uh, a lot of those folks who who come at me, right, it's not even, I don't even, again, I don't even take it personally. It's, you can tell they've gone through a lot of stuff and they're looking for somebody to take it on. And a lot of the times it happens to be me, you know, when I make a comment that triggers them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I take responsibility for that. I'm not going to say, like, I'm innocent or, I mean, I'm not trolling people on purpose. You know, I'm trying to educate them to Help them out because, again, let me give give an example. Right, I did a video on, on uh, the so-called genocide of the Americas Mm -hmm. because there is a narrative today that people claim that Europeans came to the Americas to commit genocide. So I challenged that. I said, when you talk about Europeans specifically, people from Europe, I think you would be giving too much credit. Why do I say that? Because a lot of you guys in this community say that they were backwards, they were stupid, right? That they, they were just basically barbarians. But they also claim that they knew um, biological warfare. You can't claim both. If you're saying they're stupid and they didn't know anything, but then they knew biological warfare, you're contradicting yourself. So I said, you're, you're giving them too much credit, you know? I mean, either you choose that they were that intelligent or that they were just didn't know. I mean, this is a 14th, 15th century. People didn't know anything about germs. Mm-hmm. And it so happened that the native communities of the Americas were not immune to it. So just like COVID, right? COVID was a perfect example. You see, people who, were, who did not have the capacity to, to fight it, they died off. Unfortunately, right now, imagine that happening at a, at a higher level, higher scale. It's it was way worse. You know, most people who had smallpox ended up dying. Yeah, and a lot of the times the smallpox would reach communities of native people that the Europeans hadn't even touched yet. So you're thinking, well, how is that even possible? Well, through trade, natives who had smallpox would trade with other natives who you know depended on their stuff and then. Eventually, Europeans would come into towns that were completely wiped out. So, if you don't know that stuff, and you just believe the Europeans came over here to kill and slaughter and rape, right? Again, I'm not saying that didn't happen. It definitely did. But if you look at the statistics, right, of native populations, specifically in Mexico, in the 1570s, they were still the majority. About 98% Of the people who existed in the Americas in Mexico were native peoples. So, if the narrative is Europeans came, slaughtered, raped, murdered everybody, genocide, wouldn't these stats reflect that? Wouldn't it say it's the opposite? But if you don't know that, you're going to believe that, right? So, this video that I put out, of course, challenges that narrative and. All the people who who disagreed or who were upset were all those people who say, no, like, natives are, I'm sorry, Europeans are rapists, Europeans are horrible people, right? They're not even trying to look at evidence. I always provide things for you to read. I don't just say things because I want to say them and I want to piss people off. I give you the stuff. You don't have to believe me. Go look at the sources. I always provide them, right? I have the books, you can buy them, you can read the articles. There's so much stuff out there. If you don't want to do that, if you want to just go into social media and 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 go on YouTube or whatever and believe what they tell you, then do that. but if not, then you're just basically talking out of out of opinion and not really with facts yeah i uh I have noticed
0: that there's a lot of people who've been uh what's the uh the whole thing the colonizers. Yes. Yeah, they've been doing that for like the past couple of years. I had a friend of mine who was on the podcast. Uh, he was a big, big advocate against like colonizers and calling white people that and that, that, this, and they're that. And I'm like, I told another friend of mine, it's like, look, I honestly, and it, it sounds harsh to say this, you know, uh, With with all the stuff that happened with the Europeans and the Spaniards that came to Mexico and what they did, like honestly, I don't think the word colonizer colonizer bothers me because my grandmother is Spanish. Yes, like exactly. My grandmother is she is white. She's white as can be. Her family came from Spain, so it's like I don't have a problem with it. Like it happened. Like what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed yes. to go back to the 1500s and warn the native Mexicans like, "Hey, there's some Spanish white people coming here. They're, they're going to do some stuff. Uh, just be ready." Like, I can't go back in time and do that. It happened. Yes. Yes. It was horrible. It was bad. It, it, but it's it happened, and it had to happen in order for us to be here. Like, I would not be here if that yes. situation did not happen. We'd probably still be in Mexico somewhere, speaking our native dialect, not even. Well, we wouldn't exist like it. exactly. Yeah. So I see it as yes, it's a, it's an unfortunate uh, event, but it's also a blessing in a way because without that, we, like I said, we would not be here, and we wouldn't be mm-hmm. so progressive in our culture and, and doing so many good things for our culture to move forward like uh what's the some people say it, like out of the darkness there's always some kind of light, light. or something you know yes. something that that comes with this beauty and i like i said I'm, i don't i don't see people white people is i i hate when people start calling them that like oh you're a colonizer or you're uh you're just going to come and take you know this and i'm like <laughs> i just see it as stupid and i see it as ignorant like why why you I don't, I don't know if you've noticed this a lot, but I feel like a lot more people have been picking on and being more racist towards white people yes. than, like, than anything. And yes. I think I... I don't know when it was, but I had talked to somebody. And I'm like, you know, you're being racist, right? I think this was during like the George Floyd things. Um, I think it was actually my ex's brother. Mm. He was talking about... His friends, because he's friends with a lot of white people who are in theater. And he was just like, yeah, you know, uh, I can't stand them because, you know, they have all these, uh, generational wealth and this and this and now, why don't I have, it? and I'm like, well, it sounds like you're kind of being jealous, jealous. Like it's not, yeah. it's not your fault. You don't have that. It's like some of these things that we just, we didn't have, you know, and it's not our fault, but it's like, you can't hate on those people because of that because you're your so-called friends and it's like it's like you're being racist you're being racist you're calling them this you're calling them that and i don't i don't see why people don't think that's being racist when it is being racist it's like oh but they're white people and it's like there's still a culture there's still a people why is it any different that what you know that they're white i don't see that i don't get that
2: you know, but there's even, believe it or not, there's people who will say that's not racist because <laughs> because uh, we don't benefit from the system. Right. That's the argument that's been made that people of color cannot be racist. We can be prejudiced, but not be racist. Right. Mm-hmm. But just to go back to the point of view of the whole colonizer ideology or just way of thinking. And I'm glad you brought this up. You said that your great, your grandma, right, or great grandma, my grandmother. Yeah. yeah. She's In Spanish. Right. Yeah, who,
0: her grandfather was Spanish who came from yep. Spain, but she was she was born mm-hmm. in Mexico and all that.
2: And that's another thing that a lot of people do not want to accept because again, the narrative is that all Spanish came over here and they raped the native women, and that's how we came to be. Again, that happened very, very rarely. That's not that's not the the reality for many of us. Many of us, and I talked about this in one of the videos as well, many of us come from colonizers. Just like your grandma, right? Yeah. We come from colonizers, but we we don't want to accept that because one, that would completely shatter the idea of who we are as individuals. If you're constantly being fed the idea that, oh, you know, I'm native you know, and I'm from this tribe or whatever, right? Cool. And none of the guests that are, I have no issue with you identifying with the native peoples. I mean, well, more power to you, right? But The mixing, most of the mixing happened very, very recently. And most people don't know that. Again, even up until the 1800s, when Mexico became independent from Spain, the majority of people were still natives. It wasn't Spanish. It wasn't mixed peoples. It was natives. Today, the number has dropped down to 15%. Wow. From 60%, So you're telling me that in the 300 years that Spain colonized Mexico, that number only dropped 30%. In the 200 years under Mexican rule, it's dropped down 55%. How? Reason why is that the Mexican government actually did more damage to Native peoples. How? They took their land. Because the Spanish crown actually protected Native peoples. And you're not going to hear that in the no... Anti-Spanish narrative because why? It doesn't it doesn't serve the purpose, right? Yes, again, the conquerors of Mexico, the original people who came here and conquered, brutal brutal to the natives, absolutely. I will not disagree with that. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't everybody. Most people were not conquerors. Most people most people were just people who wanted to come here, live just like a grandma in a different place. Yeah, you know, and for the, for the most part, the Spanish crown. Created laws to protect the native peoples. You can look this up the new laws of the Indies, right? Where the conquerors lost their lands because they had gained them illegally, right? Through rape and through pillage, right? And this almost caused the war, actually, in New Spain, which was very, very quickly quiet it down and I'm gonna talk about this on my next video when I when I release it. They were the, the Spanish Crown says, no, you're not doing this. Right? You're not gonna just continue to uh, do whatever you want. Yes, you know, of course they still benefited from the conversation. I'm not gonna say that they were innocent of that. Yeah. But nobody ever talks about that because why? That defeats the narrative. That doesn't go with what you want to believe. And during the Porfiriato, the 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 period where Porfirio Diaz the president of Mexico, really a dictator for about 30 years. During that, and even during the Benito Juarez, the first indigenous indigenous president of Mexico, land was taken away from natives. The argument was this land needs to be privatized. They're not using it for a good reason. And this is not the Spanish crown. This is not conquerors. This is the Mexican government doing this to native people. They're still doing it today. This is why you have the Zapatista revolution in Chiapas, right? And who is talking about that? Nobody. It's fuck the conquerors, fuck Spain. Nobody ever brings up Mexico. Yeah.
0: You know? I saw this video uh, maybe about like a year or two ago that was explaining the history of Mexico. Yes. And I always knew that. They you know, kind of look down on darker Mexicans, um but I didn't know it was like that until like I saw yep. this video, and I was just like, "Wow, <laughs> it's like if I, were, I I'm pretty dark yes I so like if I were to go, I would be looked at sideways because it's mm-hmm. like oh you you look like them, you know, and I've met like I said, I've, I know my grandmother's light-skinned. Uh, but I've met light skinned Mexicans from Mexico who who come here and have looked at me sideways, and I'm like, <laughs> dude, we're this we're the same. Like I'm just yeah. darker than you. Like yes. why do you think that you're better than me? Because well, you might have some European blood, or you might have some uh, uh, whatever blood. You know, Italian, whatever, whoever came from whatever. Like it doesn't make you any better. We're both the same. We're both people. We're both humans. Regardless of what skin color is, but I—it's I, funny that, that they act like they're better. Like I've always noticed that, and it's funny because in the black culture too, it's like the light skin and the dark skin. Yeah, that skin. too. Yep. It, like I said, I just realized like it's like that for us too. Yep. yep. Like I—I I told you, I get looked at sideways when because I'm darker. Like I might get uh, people who might treat me differently because I'm darker. There's a lot of Latinos, and I'm like, bro, we're the same. Like. Why are you treating me differently? Because you're light skinned than I am. Like it doesn't make any sense. Like it goes back to the whole thing. Like we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be coming together. We're supposed to be yes. one big group who are supposed to be looking out for each other and having having each other's backs. How are we going to do that when you're, you know, staring me down, stabbing me in the back, you know? And it's it's like it's I I. Uh, what's the word? What am I trying to say? I uh I look at how the black culture and how like they come together and you know, during certain parts of history to come together and try to be a one. I'm like, that's really cool. And I uh I get envious of that sometimes. Because yes. I'm like, we should be doing that. And I was like, we are we're we're good. We're we're not good enough, but we're we're uh what's the word am I trying to say? We're um More than able to To do that as well To stand up for each other And to make progress But it's like We're just like No, I don't like him He's Dominican You know (laughs) And then the Dominican Doesn't like the Honduran And the Honduran Doesn't like the Puerto Rican And the Puerto Rican Doesn't like the Brazilian And then it's just like (laughs) Nobody wants to work With each other That's the thing And I'm like Who cares Like, Like There's issues That we need to Come together for So we can make better for us, make better for our future. Like who cares if you're Dominican or Puerto Rican or Salvadorian? That's another thing too, you know, a lot of Mexicans don't like Salvadorians.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Now imagine, imagine having a whole nation that was just Latinos, whatever you want to call it. Right. Yeah. That was just under that. And that's what you had with, even though it was under, you know, colonialism, right. You had that under the Spanish, crown, where all these countries that we have today were, you know, they were divided still, right? You had, what well, they, they used to call them audiencias, or um, like little states, right? Mm-hmm. So for example, New Spain was what we have now here in the southwest, all of Mexico, all of Central America and the Caribbean that was New Spain. And then you had your the NCAA of Peru, you had your Audiencia of um uh, rio de la plata that was what you now call uh argentina right mm-hmm. but they were all they were they were all part of the spanish crown and even during independence right you had some independence leaders who wanted to continue that to continue to have one nation right but this the whole colorism thing goes way back to that or it goes back to the caste system that the Spanish had in Latin America where unlike the United States where it didn't matter how mixed you were if you were anything that was not white then you were part of that group so blacks could be very light skinned, lighter than us but you're still black Native Americans right you have some Native Americans who look white too like super white here in the states but they're Native Americans because they're mixed in Latin America it's the opposite any white blood that you had would give you the option to move up in the caste system. So if you were half Spanish, half native, you're mestizo. Half Spanish, half black, you're mulatto. Half Spanish, I'm sorry, half native, half black, Example, right? All these names, they had about 16 names, 16 categories. And the goal was to be as white as possible. So that's why those individuals who look at you sideways, that's where they come from. That thought process is, well, I'm lighter than you, therefore I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. Right? And the darker you were in this caste system, the less privileges, less rights you would have as an individual. So that's really where it comes from, even in your own families. You have individuals who are like, oh, it is indio, it is negro, you know, like, and with, with, the, with hate almost sometimes. And when you're light-skinned, oh, it is guarito, you know, you have blue eyes, whatever, blonde hair. Yeah. And going back to what you were talking about, right, A lot of these people who identify with Native, that's been their experience. Most of them tend to be on a darker side. Most of them tend to have some kind of trauma from their own families, right? I I know this individual who's always going on lives talking about this. And I finally found out where it comes from because he mentioned it. He said, my cousins who were light of skin would call me Indio. I'm like, there it is. This is why this individual hates Spanish people because it starts with his own family. Yeah. the irony is that his own family is also Spanish because otherwise they wouldn't have what eat those in your own family. So my boy, you ain't, you ain't fully native. You're mixed and you need to address that. Your own personal <laughs> traumas, right? It ain't about them, man. It's yeah. something that has to do with you. Right. Easiest way to def- again, to debunk a lot of these myths and narratives going into your own genealogy. So the fact that you can know that your grandmother is from Spain, right? Shows yeah. you that we are a mixed people. Because even that is not accepted in these communities. It's like, no, we're mixed because we got raped. We're mixed because we got conquered. Once again, most of that is not true. Most of it happened recently. You can find indigenous ancestors that probably lived in the 1870s, if you can trace it that far. Fully Spanish ancestors, if you knew your genealogy. But since you don't know your genealogy because probably your dad wasn't around or or a grandfather wasn't around for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. You don't know how to talk about that. So what are you gonna do? Make up your own narrative. Identify with this other community who's full of trauma. It's all be mad together. Fuck the white man. Fuck the Spaniards. And that's that's how they uh, that's how they bond. Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. I yeah. I, uh, I didn't uh, experience that trauma, but I did get the whole. Well, you're darker than. The most, Um, my mom's dad, uh, he was dark. My grandfather was dark. Um, My dad's parents, my dad's dad, was a little bit of dark. Uh, But when I was younger, I used to be one of those people. I'm like, oh, I'm 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 uh, I'm full blooded. Like I'm I'm Aztec or what? You know, you know, you know how you you know. I used to think that way until I started getting older and I started realizing. I'm like, huh. I'm I'm not all that like mm-hmm. like my my grandma's like she's Spanish and yes. I'm like okay and I'm like I I know I'm indigenous I know I have that like there there's traces from my family on my dad's side where you can look that like I had my uh my uh, my grandfather's brother he short hispanic man no hair like I I'm hairless Like I can grow my face, like I I have like that Indian blood, I guess you can say. Um, So like I know that I am somewhat indigenous and I have that blood, but it's like I also have this other side where it's I also have Spanish. So Mm -hmm. I I wasn't uh, like traumatized and like oh my gosh like what's my identity you know like how some people are I'm like I'm like okay like hey this is awesome like I have a friend who's also a podcaster he's Mexican spanish french and he he loves it he 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 loves being identified as that he's like i'm not just one thing i'm so many other different things and all those things make me who i am like i'm not he's not, not ashamed because i'm not full-blooded mexican he's like i'm so many other things and it's, it's awesome like i i love the fact that i'm so many different things and some people can't handle that like like you said they're like Oh no, we you know I'm this and that. They have to identify with one thing because, you know, they can't accept the fact that they're other stuff. You know, yep. that they're mm-hmm. all. You could be half Spanish or half uh, what's um German. United. You know, yeah. there's a lot of German Mexicans in Texas that a lot of people oh, wow. don't, wanna <laughs> don't want to don't want to admit to because there's certain parts of Texas where a lot of the German folk. Uh, migrated to in the early 1900s, kind of late 1800s. Um, like outside of uh, Austin, there's a city called New Braunfels. Um, lots of German folk, lots of German hmm. Mexicans, and it, the reason uh, is because of that I think during the whole war and stuff like that as well. So they're just like, yeah, we're gonna leave. <laughs> we're not going to stay here in Germany. We're gonna go to Texas. I don't know why they chose Texas, but I guess they like something here, you know? Um, yeah. But because of that, because of the Germans coming to Texas, we got some of our, our music from them. We got some of our yep. food, mm-hmm. our k- kolaches, yep. and we have so many other things that came Final from the Germans. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. <laughs> it's yes. a good thing that some of this stuff, you know? Um, but, yeah. I don't know how some people just can't accept the fact that, like, not everybody's full-blooded. Like it's not. It, I don't think it's a reality. It's like not a real thing anymore.
2: Like well, they accept it, but but the way they accept it is it, it happened in a way where it's traumatic. It's not consensual. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's it's supposed to be. They're evil. You know they're not really my blood. Yeah, they're. I they have their blood, but I heard somebody say, "I reject all of my Spanish blood." I'm like, okay. I mean, but then. <laughs> You're rejecting yourself, then. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't
0: make any sense. It's like, like, okay, well, you're rejecting half of who you are. Yeah. You know, like I said, all of that, all those events happened for a reason. And because of that reason, we are here. Yes. So it's like, you know, learn from it, learn your history, and, you know, figure out who you are. Absolutely. You know, that's, why I, that's yeah. why I say I like history. That's why you like history, because it's like mm-hmm. we find out who we are learning from that, you know. And also, you know, if you learn your history, you don't, you won't repeat it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And you don't have to worry about these things, you know, if you actually learn it. And again, mm-hmm. more importantly, your genealogy. Because yeah. that will say a lot more than your history.
0: I've been wanting to get more into my, like, my family tree, because... Well, my grandparents are no longer here, and I wish I would have um thought of it sooner to kind of have them on my podcast um but I would have loved to hear more about like my my grandparents' parents and their grandparents if they met them and stuff like that kind of get more information from that because i don't i don't really know anything that much like I know my grandfather and my mom's side um you know they used to pick fruit in the fields, and they would travel yes. around the country doing that um You know, my aunts would talk about it like my my grandfather told me about stuff like that, like they would go and and do that, and then I learned about it in history, and I'm like like that's really cool, like I have that connection to that, like my grandfather mm-hmm. did that, wow. you know, and he told me one story um they were picking i think somewhere in Minnesota. And that, uh, he was like, we're like so close to Canada. He was like, let's, let's just drive right there. Ooh. He was telling the, his dad, I was like, let's go. And he's like, why Where are we going to go to Canada for? He's like, just to like, say we went to Canada. And he was like, no. So my grandfather was always upset that he never got huh. to go to Canada. And I was like, well, what were you going to pick there anyways?
2: <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's As just, much. you
0: know, but, um, you know, I heard like, yeah, it was, it was bad. You know, it was, it was hot. They did what they had to do for little money, but you know it's it's what was available for us, you know. And that's uh, I don't see that as a like a well, it was a struggle, but I see that as a blessing because it's like that's what my grandfather had to do, that's what my mm-hmm. great grandparents had to do in order to provide for their family, you know. And if they didn't do that, then like I said, I wouldn't be here, my mom wouldn't be here, you know. So. I see all that as, like, history. Like, everything is just history. It's, just, yes. it's very exciting. Like I said, I like like learning more about my family. But going back to what I was saying before, I wish I would have got to interview my grandparents to get more from them. But I missed the opportunity. Kind of like, oh, I'll do it later. You know, I was going to interview my grandfather, and I had told him already Um. And it just slipped to my mind. He was like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know? Oh, man. And he was it. He passed. And I was like, fuck. I was like, okay. I still have one more. I still have one more grandmother. You so better hopefully, do it quick. Yeah. you know? your next guest. <laughs> yeah. I need to. Uh, she, yes. she has a lot of, I guess, history about her family, too. So, like, it's my last opportunity to get, like, where I come from, to, you know, so, because her family grew up in Durango, she grew up in the mountains and stuff like that. So, okay. there's got to be something like she can give me and tell me about, like, oh, for sure. My family on that side and what they went through and stuff like that. Her coming here to America, what was it like? I mean, the States, you know, for being somebody like that, like going from Mexico to the United States, it has to be like a huge difference, especially in mm-hmm. the 60s. Like, that culture change must have been really like. Crazy for her. Absolutely. So hopefully at one of these days I'll I'll do it. And I have to do it soon. So uh any more topics that you have that you've been wanting to talk about? Like like you've been doing lives, like is there something interesting that's been going on that you I kind of wanted to share? Like
2: uh recently I talked about just men being vulnerable. I know it has nothing to do with history, but and the lives usually ha- had to do with, you know, just social issues, like I said, more political mm-hmm. stuff. And I'll end it with this, you know, because again, it's getting late on your side. I, I'll, I'll definitely oh, want respect fine. that. That's fine. No. It's
0: it's all good. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah. But I know I know my side too is getting a little late too as well. So I do, definitely want to get some sleep before I yeah. probably tomorrow. But anyway, I'll, I'll like I said, I'll, I'll end it with this: is that uh, if you do um, follow the page. Um, you're gonna learn some new things for sure. You know, be open to things. I encourage you to read the stuff that I put on there. If if you if you really don't believe me, right? You're like, no, this guy's lying. He he's he's got an agenda, right? Go in there, read the stuff. There's plenty of books, plenty of articles on the things that I say. Because I, again, I want to educate. I taught for ten years, right? I taught kids for ten years. Now I feel like I'm teaching adults, right? So ultimately, like what I want to do, like I said, is is to be able to do that. I know that my voice and my creativity are my money makers. Now, not, I'm not making too much money with this, you know, but I think one day eventually, even if it's not through podcasting, that will be what, what I'm going to use to make a living. You know, I'm already doing it now to some extent, but... But really, that's what I want to do, you know, and again, and just help people out in the process. Why not? Right. Make some money while you're helping people out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, that's that's what I wanted to say. You know, again, I thank you for having me on uh, in your platform. I understand that, you know, it's a privilege to be on here. So anytime if anybody here is listening who is also a podcaster or just wants to talk to me, I mean, I'm always open to having conversation. With anybody who wants to have a conversation about anything, really. But again, my passion is history, so if you want to know more about it, just go to YouTube and put F. L. underscore O. W. underscore Flow. But if that's too long for you to memorize, just put Grasas Stan. You'll still find the name in there, and you'll find my videos on there. But again, I'm available everywhere and audio, pl- audio platforms, but YouTube and TikTok is, is where I'm more more active with the stuff that I put out.
0: All right, guys, well, you heard it. Go check out some of his stuff, learn some history, get some good facts in, get the, the, the factual facts, not the stuff yes. that social media or whoever else is going to tell you, like, oh, no, it was like this. I was like, no, <laughs> Flo's going to give you the statistics, and he's going to show you, boom. This is what it was, you know. But, yeah, Absolutely. thank you for coming on, dude, so much. I, I appreciate it. You know, I know that the time change is a little bit different for us, but yes. uh, I I still appreciate that you, you made the time to come on, regardless of what time it is. I, I enjoy it. It's cool. I don't really mind it. Like, I've done episodes where someone's like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to come on at 9. And I was like, all right, it's 11 o'clock here. It's fine. Like I get sleep. <laughs> it's the weekend. It's fine, you know. Hmm. But yeah, no. But aside from that, I really appreciate you coming on. I'm glad that uh, we got to do this finally, and hopefully we could do this more in the future. We'll have another yes. episode and stuff like that. Maybe when I go out there, we'll meet up. We can have some coffee or something and talk and for sure whatever you know whatnot. Yeah. All right. Sure, well, I'll uh, you. leave you be. Get you uh, some sleep. Get some sleep on my side as well. So, like you, get, like you uh, guys heard, go check out his stuff on uh, YouTube, Rasa Stan, or um, If you can, send me the links to some of the stuff. I'll put it in the bio when I release the episodes. That way it'll be a little bit sure. easier for people and stuff okay. like that. But, yeah, this has been Inside the Northside Podcast. Hope you guys have a good night. Have a good week. Have a good weekend whenever you're hearing this. Uh, God bless. Peace. And I'll see you guys later.